I will give you $1 million if you hit a home run. I'm dead serious, okay? For, for real? Yes, for real. Million dollars. Honey, where's the, um, your bag? Hey, I'll do it for a million. Give me that. <laughs> Just kidding, you're good. All right. I don't know why you're smiling. I am dead serious. I will give you $1 million cash for a home fucking run. Rome, don't be an asshole. Not being an asshole. I want him incentivized. This is fun. It's a game. Jeez, stop being so serious. Huh? Witnesses? Good luck. I believe in you. All right, let's do this. One million dollars. everybody to another episode of Struggle Session. I'm your host, Jack Allison. Um, and I want to say thank you first to everyone for listening, uh, especially to the Blue Wire Podcast Network, who helps keep the lights on around here. Uh, if you're listening on Blue Wire and you want to get the show ad-free, uh, make sure to check us out at sesh.plus or patreon.com slash struggle session or strugglesession.substack.com. There's plenty of options for you. Um, but today... I am joined by a very special guest. I'm very glad to have this person, uh, Lenny Burnham. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, I was just saying, I think that you might be, uh, and this is really, you know, uh, a feather in your cap. I think you might be the person I know who watches the most television. <laughs> thank you. And I and this is an age where people watch. A lot of television. I actually think, you know, like you know, people think that, you know, that people are using computer and the phone all the time. I I swear people are more devoted to to scholarly watching of television <laughs> than they ever have been in the past. I think maybe people used to watch more TV, but like idly. I right, think now yeah, people are like. Yeah, like channel flipping. The TV would just be on in the background all day. People now watch TV like how people, you know, a thousand years ago read the Bible. People are like <laughs> fully focused. Like these are our modern myths. Uh, and I think that you more than anybody. So so uh, uh, kudos to you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, uh, we were going to do an episode about the HBO show Succession, uh, and you were the first person I thought of. I think that you've, I think you went on Leslie's, uh, call-in at one time yeah. to talk about, uh, to talk about Succession, but it's been a major oversight. We haven't done an episode about it on the show proper, um, so I'm glad to have you here to talk about it. So, uh, uh, Lenny, what's your sort of overall, I guess, before we get into, you know, the actual 
I guess, nitty gritty of the show. What's your like overall take on the show? Do you like it? Uh, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think it is the best show on TV today, which is such a like basic opinion. Um, but what can I say? It's basic because it's <laughs> true. <laughs> so what do you, what makes it the best show on TV for you? For me, it's like just that they're so good at sort of the character dynamics and just the way they move people around and have them, uh, you know, have sort of their feelings for each other really drive um, these big major events. Yeah, I like the show too. You know, I've I've watched every season. I've watched all the episodes uh, of Succession. Um, and I guess for me, I guess my big sort of headline uh, of the way I feel about the show is that I also really like it a lot. Um, but I think that there's a lot of watching of it and a lot of the reviews of it almost kind of, you know, people kind of, I feel like gravitate to it like a Game of Thrones or something like mm. that, where people are kind of like, who's going to win the succession? <laughs> you know, who's going to end up at the top of, of Waystar Royco? Like, will it be this? Will it be that? And I really think that this show is really just a like an HBO arrested development you know right, like yeah. i think and and i think it leans in the show i think has even made that more clear as time has gone on um but yeah i think that it it really is a comedy show that you know it, and and I, and while i do think that there is a lot of great you know character sort of dynamics between all of them and the family stuff and everything like that i do feel like ultimately the show kind of wants to point and and laugh at these people right yeah <laughs> uh, okay yeah but i i think this show kind of ultimately wants to point and laugh at these characters mm -hmm. yeah i think a lot of sort of like soap opera ish type shows kind of ride that line a lot like um you know, something like Gossip Girl or Desperate Housewives, I think is like a similar vibe where you can get like really caught up in it. There is like real stuff to be like, oh my God, I want these two to be together. Or I like, I want this person to dump this person and be free or whatever. But like, ultimately, you know, you're also like watching the people be like really ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, and 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 it is it is a tough line with this show. But I saw someone say, and I actually can't remember who it was. It might have been Sean T. Collins, uh, but you, I feel like, and it was, I think it was astute actually, which is, you feel like kind of these older sh these older HBO shows like Sopranos, even like The Wire. There was a kind of like these are horrible people, but we're going to see ourselves in them and sort of see their humanity and kind of, and the weirdness of those shows is like, why am I relating to someone like Tony Soprano? And I do think the difference with Succession is that it's more like, look at the differences with these people. Like, look how alien they are and how not like us uh, they are. Uh, but I do, you know, but I still like, I. with that said, I still do like that. I just think that it is a little more arrested development or something like that. You know, but and obviously it does take the humanity of the characters a little more seriously than arrested development. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess, uh, you know, uh, uh, as I am very drawn into the show, I guess for me, actually, to be honest, with you i am a little 
it's just it's a little sad at, that so many good comedy shows don't want to be classified as comedy. You know what right. I mean? Like I think that it, this is almost like it's such a good comedy. It's the best comedy that we've had in like a decade or so at this point, and it so specifically doesn't want to be called a comedy because that's not like smart or cool or something. Oh, uh, is it better now? Has it gotten any better? Yeah, you just you just any good any better? Okay, cool. Yeah, so I I was just saying yeah that I it's 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 disappointing in some ways that comedies like I would say the same thing. I don't know if you saw the movie, but um, Triangle of Sadness uh, is a movie that I thought was actually like a pretty broad and funny comedy movie. But I guess because it's Swedish, all the critics and the Academy and everything like that. <laughs> Think, want to think of it as like a serious satire or something and I'm like no this is just a movie that has the funniest diarrhea scene um, <laughs> since Bridesmaids yeah that I mean that's a really good point about sort of like it it being a comedy and I think what you said about um, comedies you know not wanting to be and being like prestige dramas instead is true and also like I feel the same way about like sort of like trashy soap stuff. Like I used to be all in on like Gossip Girl type shows. And now I like look around and I'm like, Succession is like the only one doing that. Like, unfortunately, Prestige <laughs> TV has like obliterated all the stuff I like want to watch. And I'm like, well, unfortunately, like Succession is doing the best. Like I have to be a snob now because they're just doing the best <laughs> job. <laughs> Yeah, it's very funny. I wonder if it's because everybody that was watching these shows like kind of grew up and want to take themselves more seriously or if it's just that creators, you know, in the world of of prestige TV and peak TV and everything like that sort of want to be taken more seriously. But aside from all that, it barely matters, really. Like this is more about how the show is received than about the show itself, because I do think the show is very good. uh, And I really am looking forward to to season four coming out at the end of next month. So let's, I guess, talk about, you know, what has happened on the show thus far and, you know, what what the goings on of every season have been uh, so far. Mm hmm. So season one, you know, it, it very it is a funny season. I was like trying to recall, you know, the breakdown of all the seasons. And when you look back at season one, it's really like a little bit more traditional in a way, you know, like it it actually almost does call that uh, idea of who's going to get the Iron Throne interpretation. You know what I mean? Because season one is really all about Kendall and is Kendall, you know, Kendall is passed over, um, you know, at this, at the thing, you know, the birthday party. And it's all about like, is he going to do a hostile takeover, you know, of Waystar Royco? But he really is a pretty, you know, in the first season, he's like a pretty capable operator. Um, so yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on the, on the first season there? Yeah, I really like it. And I, it's interesting because I remember, I remember having trouble getting into it, but then when I like rewatch it now, I think season one is like great right away and I have no issues with it. I think it just takes time for it to like click, uh, and for you to get the show. But I would definitely like say to people who've only watched the show once that I think if they go back, they'll be surprised by how much they like season one. Now that like 
you're attuned to it and you like care about all the characters and can pick up on stuff. And there is something almost, sorry, go ahead. I, oh, I was sorry. just going to say, yeah, I think you're totally right that it started off a lot more like who's going to end up on top, um, which is sort of like this, I think the safe direction for the show, right? It's like, it'll be this battle. Um, and then I think just, they just realized like how, sophisticated a story they were capable of telling and that you could have it be like no actually logan's gonna just win every time and that would still be like interesting because they could dramatize it so well yeah it's really more about the sort of like weird like the complex you would get if your father was defeating you all the (laughs) time like it really is more about like how funny it is that this man is so uh uh, competitive with his children and like what that does to their psyches you know and it is funny like i would say the first season while uh, um you know it, it just it kind of portrays them all as more capable um except for maybe uh connor um and what's 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 kieran culkin's character's name again roman yes except for connor and roman it really does portray them as all far more capable um and i almost enjoyed sort of revisiting the first season again with the context of what happens to these characters. Like it really makes the fall a lot more funny that they are also such like shrewd operators in the first season when we see kind of how unshrewd and, and like actually kind of like naive they all are as as the seasons continue. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to think that like for so long Shiv was able to sort of, maintain this image of like seeming like someone who probably could do well in the company if she chose to just by like not trying and then like (laughs) almost immediately it's like she totally blows it it's like oh yeah like why would she know how to do any of this she just like was good at sounding smart when she wasn't involved right there is the kind of power of being outside and then like there is there's like obviously the vulnerability like yeah standing on the outside and kind of shitting on everything uh, um is is so much easier (laughs) than actually trying to build it up or or you know be successful in this um and so the end of the first season is uh, if i'm remembering correctly the well the first sort of big event is you know kendall kills this waiter you know Mm -hmm. there's this thing where you know he is so uh fucked up by being passed over that he sort of spirals into drugs and alcohol again uh and then trying to get coke with a waiter at some function he runs his car off the road and ted kennedy's this person (laughs) more or less and so i can't recall does or is this later is this where uh um uh Jesus, I have to remember. What's the name of the of the father in the show? Logan. Again, Logan. Yes. Is this where Lo- is this where he like goes to Logan and Logan knows about this uh, at the end of the first season and like sort of brings him in and is going to take care of him, or is this just we know this at the end of the first season? Yeah, it's interesting. He like has what seems like a su- uh, what could be a successful like bear hug going, and then just this like tragedy happens, and he's just like you know completely traumatized and scared and Logan just like hugs him and says he's his number one boy and uh, covers (laughs) up everything for him. 
<laughs> so funny. And so the second season, and this was all sort of, there was this undercurrent of, is Kendall going to help back a takeover, um, like with the help of his friend, this finance guy, Stewie. And so season two, and maybe this happens at the end of season one, but season two really open, opens with Kendall doing what will be the first of his many press conferences, uh, basically going out and saying like, I back my father because his idea was better. And, you know, we're really, we're really into like Logan on top uh, at the start of season two. Yeah, that's my favorite Kendall season and is when he's just completely defeated and just like (laughs) a sad robot just being like, well, dad says this is what I should do. (laughs) (laughs) Kendall as a character. And, you know, there was that big article that everybody was passing around about Jeremy Strong and how he's a method actor, which, first of all, I will say. People were really giving him a hard time about being a method actor or whatever. But that's really the long and short of it. He was just describing method acting, (laughs) which is a super, super annoying type of acting, but that a lot of actors do. Like Jeremy Strong is really no different than any of the other myriad, super annoying method actors. Uh, He just made the mistake of doing a New York Magazine (laughs) article about it. Right, yeah. Um, But I will say... You know, as annoying as this method is, he gets results. I mean, Kendall as a character, you know, really has like peaks and valleys and changes so much and is so believable as a character throughout this show. More, I would say, you know, uh, um, although I do think that uh, um, he's great, uh, but more than Kieran Culkin's character, who <laughs> is very funny, but is a little bit, you know, and, and and can get to moments, but really, and I mean, that's almost like part of who the character is, is that he's kind of like, um, like emotionless in his affect, not, not emotionless in affect, but he just, you know, uh, uh, sort of irony poisoned, I guess, doesn't care about anything. Yeah, I agree. And there's this sort of um, one of the things in the article that like blew up was uh, that like Jeremy doesn't understand it's a comedy and Kieran does. But it's sort of like, I mean, yeah, like Roman is in a comedy and Kendall like (laughs) is always on the verge of ODing and dying. Like it kind of makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, in some ways you really could say that it is like the Kendall show, you know what I mean? Like in some ways, like I know it's really a, an ensemble, but it does feel like Kendall is kind of our, at least the character that goes through the most trials and tribulations. Yeah, definitely. Like I think Brian Cox does a good job, but like basically the only way he would ever win lead actor is if they kill Kendall off because he's just always <laughs> going to have like a more complex role. Yeah. Um, but yes, Kendall season two is just defeated and destroyed, you know, basically just daddy's little guy. Um, uh, and yeah, and this, uh, and if I guess if we're just sort of tracking Kendall's story, you know, this would be the season, you know, that ends hilariously with him kind of taking back his power or attempting to uh, by ostensibly doing another of his famous press conferences um, and trying to cancel Waystar Royco. Yeah, I I kind of feel bad for people who like binge the show because I feel like such a big part of the experience was that like for like a year and a half after season two, 
you felt like Kendall was on top and like he yeah. had really like won and we're like, oh, what a cool like mic drop power move. Yeah, that is funny. And also like the kind of progressive side of it, like, wow, like he's really like, you know, he's burning down the house and like he's, you know, he's on our side for lack of a better word or whatever. But yeah, that is very funny that there was this year and a half where we're like, wow, Kendall is winning. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, like we should track what's going on with the rest of these characters because there really are a lot of very funny characters in this. You know, Cousin Greg uh, is a hilarious character and really you know, maybe even more than Roman, like just a straight up comedy right, character yeah. for the most part, like him and uh, uh, Tom, who Tom is also another hilarious character is a uh, uh, Shiv's husband who is sort of informed the day of their wedding night uh, <laughs> that he's, that they're going to be in an open marriage. Um, and yeah, uh, Tom is such a funny character but that does kind of reach outside of comedy into a kind of like he really reminds me of like a a, a Larry Sanders show kind of character <laughs> like just a true like a comedy character but with like a real deep well of sadness right. and weirdness you know um yeah tom is s such an interesting character because early on he's sort of one of the less important characters and like you said like very funny um and then i feel like where we stand now he's like the one who i would start saying is like as interesting as kendall and as as much of an interesting story as kendall out of all of them um so that's been interesting to watch so there's this running under you know this this very real running undercurrent of that there's been like sexual misconduct you know at a mass scale at waystar royco and he's becoming sort of the fall guy uh for this sexual misconduct but then there's also and you know i i know this is something that you're familiar with but you know there's there's all this shipping that goes on <laughs> right. with television shows and there's always like gay ships that go on and everything and often i am like I don't see that in the show or sometimes the show is reacting to the fandom and likes to bait and oh, stuff yeah. like that. I will say whatever homoerotic thing is going on between Tom and Greg, I like actually do think is textually in the show and is really like strange and interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like that's one where it's like, I personally kind of have no interest in it for like that exact reason that like other people I know who don't usually ship stuff are like, oh, but I see that one because it's actually in the show. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I don't care. The show's like doing the work for me. There's <laughs> nothing for me to imagine. Um, but yeah, yeah, but I almost feel like it, it's 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 almost one where, you know, so much of the ship stuff is you're like, we want to see them together. And this one is kind of like, this seems like strange and like kind of like a little like, like. Like, is this a power imbalance? And if so, like, what side is the power imbalanced? And there's something, like, funny and odd about it. Yeah, and it's so crazy how, like, immediate it is. It's, like, in the pilot, Tom, like, meets Greg and is just immediately, like, would you kiss me, Greg? Like, he's just immediately becomes, like, obsessed <laughs> with sexually harassing his wife's cousin. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love watching... Tom just making life ruining decisions. <laughs> like I, during, I know this is like skipping ahead if we're going in order, but Go like ahead. by yeah. season three, like there were multiple times where I was like, 
oh my God, Tom is going to like ruin his life because he's so mad that Greg is heterosexual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, Tom is another great complicated and funny character who, yeah, I think, you know, as I mentioned, you know, is sort of becoming the fall guy uh, for, you know, this sexual misconduct. His relationship with Shiv is so funny seeing it, which is so, it's so funny because it, it could so easily be portrayed in this sort of no nuance, loveless relationship. But there is like, I think he really does love her in an odd way and like really wants, but in a weird way where he kind of like wants her approval. It's almost like, it's almost like the relationship with, with Logan or something like where he just like wants to be accepted as part of the family and everybody kind of thinks he's a dodo brain. Um, But yeah, that's a very funny relationship. Yeah. It's like Tom, talks about sort because he's like the one character who's sort of like outside and came from like what I assume is like an upper middle class family I think his parents are like lawyers or something like that um and he talks about like reading about like events the Roy's through in magazines which is an insane thing for like an 11 year old (laughs) or like a you know a teenager in Minnesota to have spent his time doing um so he's like this guy who's like always been obsessed with becoming a Roy um but it is interesting because like he often seems like this super normal guy who wants to like love and kiss his wife and like have kids with his wife. And um, then there's this completely separate side that is like, oh no, he decided one day that he's going to become a Roy and there's only one, you know, daughter in the family. So this is how he had to do it. And um, yeah, it's, it's super interesting how like both of these things seem to, simultaneously be happening that he's like um just sort of like this uh meat and potatoes guy who's in love with Shiv but also he's kind of like single white femaleing her because he wants his dad to be her be his dad (laughs) yeah there is there's a lot of like sort of weird psychosexual relationships in the show you know uh, um there's also roman and i have to again jerry, remind myself yeah. roman and jerry's relationship is another very funny thing where i mean i think they say it explicitly in the show where it's basically that roman roman wants to fuck his mom <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but that's another one where there is a kind of it's inappropriate. It's like, there's just so much Me Too's going on on this show. This show is like just like a kaleidoscope of interlocking Me Too's happening all the time. Yeah, Roman Jerry, I think, sort of watching the reactions to it has been interesting because sort of after season two, when they were really pushing them as a will they, won't they, it started to almost feel like they're like Jim and Pam. Like you're like, oh, this is the... <laughs> This is the relationship that, like, Entertainment Weekly is like, oh, my God, they should be together. Um, but then by the end of season three, possibly as, like, a direct reaction to that, you're sort of like, okay, they've maybe pushed this too far where they're, like, never coming back for this. Or maybe they're not. And they still, you know, they, they still hope for them. Who knows? Yeah, making it weirder and weirder. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of hollow relationships on the show. I think that's a funny, you know, sort of side element is everybody's marriages. We haven't even talked about Connor, who is another like straight up just comedy character. And the arc that they're building for him, which has been an obvious arc, but that has also like been really satisfying to watch play out where he kind of just is like, like, 
I mean, he's like Hunter Biden or something. I guess not like a drug guy or something, but he just is like the artistic son. And it it's pretty clear that he's probably going to end up becoming the president <laughs> in this show at some point. Um, but yeah, his relationship also with his wife and or his, you know, now fiance. betrothed, uh, his fiance now um, and his arc uh, building to, you know, him building out a campaign staff and everything has been very funny. Um, and, and, you know, that's when, again, I do feel like he's probably going to end up becoming the president. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in... Um... In season one, he's sort of the most, I don't want to say like relatable because he's like not as a person, but I'm very much like, yeah, just like enjoy being rich. Like, why would you want to be CEO? And like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like work at an office nine hours a day if I have Roy money, you know, like, so in that (laughs) sense, like Connor is the one who makes sense. And then when he's suddenly like, oh, actually, but I do want to be president of the United States. You're like, oh, he is as ridiculous as all of them like some someone in this family needs to just like enjoy their life yeah yeah i you know he's he's a very funny character and the episode in season three where they basically have presidential candidates come in and audition for logan is such a good one and what they're building with this this candidate who got chosen and how he's like kind of like you know like he's like you know let's talk about the big h and he saw he's like is into hitler speeches and everything like that (laughs) something funny is getting built out here that does feel a little more interesting than a lot of the sort of you know boring Trump reaction stuff we've seen uh, in television shows. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. And I, I think like it's good as sort of a um, not Hollywood satire because they're in New York, but like stuff about the entertainment industry, I feel like has not ever before tackled this aspect of like, oh, being like, you know, the president of Viacom CBS because you thought, because you like greenlit Beavis and Butthead 30 years ago is like not <laughs> that far from running the country. Like, I For think sure, it's yeah, really like, interesting and, seeing that aspect. Yeah. And also just, yeah, the like who is you know logan like he he's not even really an entertainment guy like he's just a guy who has like a good gut sense for business then like goes with that gut often which is really kind of how i feel about like it does strike true as like rupert murdoch is not this like brilliant operator so much as he just like has a really good sense for what people will pay money for and what will get ratings you know um yeah i mean yeah the show is about cable news which is probably like the worst thing about both entertainment and politics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's actually like the intersection that has, you know, come together to maybe ruin everything. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's talk about, so end of season two, we have uh, uh, Kendall has gone public. He's the big whistleblower. And so then we come into season three and this is like, I don't even know, like this is maybe Kendall's just so different every season you know what i mean and this is maybe the funniest kendall we've got (laughs) where he's like hired a team of publicists he's got lawyers and everything and he's like suddenly about tweeting and everything like that and 
we see this again, like like you mentioned, there was this year and a half long gap mm-hmm. where everyone was like, wow, he's the whistleblower. And then we come back and it's really clear that he's just high on how cool being the whistleblower has made him. And so, yeah, it, it, this is like a very funny Kendall we get. It's almost like the most heightened comedy version of Kendall. And it verges. I, again, this is like maybe why what Jeremy Strong's process is works and makes the character work. Because the scene where he's like throwing a party for himself and he like does the rap song is like so close to pushing it over the edge. But there is a real humanity and vulnerability in it that, that does make it kind of work. Yeah, he also, that was actually in season two. He did a rap song oh. for like Logan's party. But it's similar vibes to his birthday party. I think they were kind of like trying to call back to how embarrassing that was. Gotcha. But, um, okay. I, I did. I did mix the two but, in my mind. Fair yeah, enough. That's, it's such a good performance. And yeah. And I think in like that rap was embarrassing for sure, but I also feel like it's like an objectively good performance. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good. They got a theater kid. Um, like if it was, you know, Elon Musk, uh, like a, the real Kendall <laughs> Roy would be so much more wooden than that. And like watching his rap, you know what? I'm always like, you know what? He's doing a good job. And I like that it cuts to the uh, the theater girl he briefly uh, dated being like sincerely into it. Um, but his party in season three does kind of become this culmination of a lot of different things going on. There's this guy, uh, uh, again, it's Alexander Skarsgård, uh, the sort of tech billionaire guy. What, what's his name? Let me see. Uh, Lucas Manson. Quickly. Matson, yeah. So it's it's kind of all about him once again trying to orchestrate uh, um, another takeover by this guy Matson who does like Joe Blow or something like that, like Gojo, Gojo. Um, uh, and yeah, so this season is really Kendall riding high again, but in such a precarious way. And it's reversed from the first season where we're like, is Kendall going to win? Mm-hmm. This one really, it like is clear the entire time he's not going to win and that he's just Icarus like ever too close to the sun throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, his his story that season is so good. And I think it's one of the, I think it's probably the best like post Me Too story I've seen because I think it's like really interesting how they keep hitting that like, everyone knows that Kendall is right. Like no one really seriously thinks he's like making it up or anything like that. But it just shows how like him, the fact that he was saying the truth, like just doesn't really matter. What matters is like how people are going to proceed from here. And it's like all strategy. It's not about, um, you know, what happened. The facts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then season three, kind of ends with this, you know, culmination uh where we're at the wedding uh of Logan's first wife uh to her new husband who is very very funny by the way and it's mm-hmm. it there's a very funny sequence in here where it's so clear that he like wants to get a moment with Logan. Yes. It almost feels like the whole wedding was to like get him to have like a one-on-one with Logan in a weird way. Yeah, and it's a good sort of um parallel of like Tom who also seems like he just wants to get close to Logan like when we when we get Connor marrying his girlfriend next season which isn't a spoiler that's like in the trailer um like that'll be the first time 
someone's actually married someone who didn't just want to like get close to Logan. So good for him. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, so this is like, it ends in this big culmination uh, where, you know, we're at the wedding. They're also sort of trying to do this deal with Matson. You know, uh, uh, Logan's having to go meet with him. Uh, Roman's having to go meet with him. And, you know, it, it culminates once again in this moment where the kids ha like are actually now unified again. And they're, you know, they realize that they might be getting pushed out. And so they're like, we actually have to go back and, you know, throw our weight around unified. Um, and, and, you know, it's an interesting season, too, because, you know, season one and two really have the kids all together pretty often like sort of bickering back and forth and season three like kind of puts them all like moves the pieces all separately and they're kind of throwing salvos from afar um and then ends with them sort of coming together to once again be outsmarted uh by logan mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really like those like different configurations. I've talked to people who find the show too repetitive, but to me I think they like they mix up like what sides people are on so well in a way that like actually makes sense that it keeps things really interesting. And that way it kind of reminds me of Halt and Catch Fire and how well that show sustained itself just like moving around like what sides people are on and what the team ups are. And that's the other thing is I, I it's like, again, this is where I come back to that. It's not so much about the who's going to win. It's like really more about like we're watching the evolution of these characters, like emotional states over the course of time, like because it is pretty clear. Or at least it feels the way this way to me that they're not ever going to win. You know right. what I mean? Like there really isn't any question that Logan is kind of always going to win in this show unless yeah. he like decides to bestow it upon one of them. You know, there's not going to actually win through their maneuverings because um, their dad is always going to fuck them over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's basically like um, like Roadrunner. Like you just know that uh, <laughs> no matter what little scheme they come up with, Logan will just... Uh get in there and drop an anvil on them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, well, what's funny actually is it's really a lot more that the coyote drops an anvil on himself, yes, you know, exactly. which is kind of even like what does happen in this show. Like yeah. they like kind of like walk into their own traps in a weird way. But yeah, what happens at the end of season three is they, they think they've got like controlling shares. Uh, but then Logan reveals that, you know, he has been given control by his ex-wife uh, of, of her shares of the company. And there is like an interpersonal aspect to it because mm -hmm. Shiv gave a kind of like, you know, not so nice uh, wedding speech, which is like makes it it's like very funny that that might kind of be at the core of what yeah. all this is. Yeah, and, that's what uh, I love so much about the show is that like, you know, it's about corporate stuff and like stuff that like most people, you know, don't really care about at all, like these big business deals. But like the emotional aspect is so good. And it's like so like both heartbreaking and also like very funny to me that like the whole thing could be avoided if Shiv was just nicer to her mom and husband. Like, that's the whole thing. It's just like, be nice to your mom, be nice to your husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah i mean it is really all about like this like family stuff that goes on um and i guess another way that it's different from Arrested Development. I mean, although I was going to say it's different from Arrested Development because it doesn't try to, like, have as much heart. But I would say, actually, you know, the scene with Kendall sort of breaking down at the end of season three and, you know, the siblings, like, being there for him in their own way, that also, that is, like, horrible. I mean, it basically is, like, Roman being, like, that wasn't a person that you killed, you know? Yeah, Um, it's so so good that, like, the way they comfort him is literally Roman being like, come on, we've all killed a kid. Shiv, you've killed a kid, right? And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we killed so, kids. yeah, dark and just, like, adorable. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Um... But yeah, like there, I guess there is some heart to the show, but there really is a lot more sort of backbiting and 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 hate that they all have for each other. Especially Logan, you know, you really don't get any real sense of love for his <laughs> children at all, like so much as like just you know ability to use them uh, or something. Um, but season four is coming up toward the end of March. And so what are you looking for? Um, what are you looking ahead to in season four? What are your thoughts about what might happen and what you're hoping to see, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited for Logan and Tom team up. Um, like their relationship is such a great part of the show. I think like, uh, it's weird how Logan is like sometimes better at like showing a little basic appreciation for Tom than Shiv is. And like, I think, you know, we saw it a little bit in that episode where Logan was suffering from sort of dementia. Um, Like, I feel like at this point, Logan is maybe thinking that like Tom more than any of his biological kids seem like he might take care of him when he's old and helpless. Um, So I think that's a really strong dynamic, but I'm also, thinking of, you know, because of how they like, um, like I said, in season three, uh, immediately it's like, oh no, actually Kendall's fucked. Like his press conference was not a good move at all. Like that makes me be like, oh, are Logan and Tom going to have a relationship for like one episode? And then the end will be like Tom teaming up with Kendall or whatever. Like, (laughs) yeah, I, I, you know, and I, I guess another thing we like didn't even mention about the end of season three is that Logan is taking like fertility pills or something <laughs> yes, like that. So there's I, also this reel that he's like trying to make a new baby to replace them all. Yes, my ideal ending is we get a flash forward and at the end, uh, Logan's like 20 year old youngest child and Tom get married and they're running everything. Like, Tom <laughs> plays the long game. <laughs> um, perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season four. You know, I, I do think it's a good, I think it's a good show. It's one of the only shows I really even like look forward to and <laughs> like to watch at all. Um, and yeah, I'm glad that it's coming back and, uh, you know, um, you know, it's funny. It's like, I guess we should talk about like the politics of the show, which if it is political, it really is just about sort of, you know, how uh, that there is that that it's really more about the personalities of these people at the top of these companies than it is even necessarily political. Sorry, it's kind of like we got to. Oh, uh, I was just saying that, like, I guess the politics of the show is that it is really about the personalities of the people that run these companies and sort of, you know, the, 
the seeking of profit, you know, like I, I think that that episode, you know, when he interviewed all the presidential candidates really is sort of the core of what is political about this show, which is that for the people that are in charge, it's really mostly about ratings uh, and covering for themselves. <laughs> yeah, it has. Um, yeah, I think it has like really uh, sharp little moments. Like I love when um, uh, Shiv's siblings are all like trying to get her to admit that they all like knew about all of the allegations and stuff and are saying like, come on, like obviously we all knew. And um, there's like stuff like that that I think is like really sharply observed. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, it has like specific politics in terms of like solutions to anything. Um, it's observational. But, it's yeah, not really like exactly. instructional. <laughs> Um, well, great. Lenny, thanks so much for joining me. Um, tell people where they can find you. Um, so I have two podcasts. I have uh, Chapter Surfing, which is where I discuss uh, TV shows based on books, and then House of House, which is a House Rewatch podcast. Um, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jack and Leslie have both been on both of them. And of course, you yeah. can follow me on Twitter at Lenny Burnham. Definitely will be tweeting about season four of succession as it airs a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining me, Lenny. Uh, yeah. Everybody me. check out the other podcasts and follow Lenny on Twitter for, you know, just uh, uh, incisive uh, TV takes. Um, and thanks uh, to everyone for listening and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.